Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back with the Grid. My name is Chris, and I'm joined as ever by Tom. Hello. And from his sick bed, Stu. Hi, sick bed, Stu, reporting for duty. Is that sick? He's sat there with his hood up, which is always a giveaway that someone's <laughs> not feeling well when they're indoors yeah. with a hood up. Yeah. Hood up, fringe out. <laughs> so uh, you know. <laughs> it really is. Um, Call me we're... Pete Wentz. I've got nothing we're... on underneath. <laughs> <laughs> nope, didn't need that. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about the Styrian Grand Prix, not the Austrian Grand Prix. We haven't got there yet. Completely different. Um Weirdly, after being one of the best races of the last few seasons, this was a bit of a bit of an anticlimax given how this season's gone so far. Um, still not a bad race, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a good season when the Austrian Grand Prix looks average. Yeah, because yeah. to be fair, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Like the front was obviously a, a foregone conclusion, I think, quite early on. But the um, if the front two hadn't been in that race, that would have been an epic, epic, epic final lap. <laughs> Yeah, it really was. Because you had you had um, what is it, Perez chasing Bottas for the yeah. for third place yeah. for the final I mean, podium position. Another and lap. then you just crept up on everyone. Wheel to wheel as well. Yeah, no one really mentioned it. No, no one in commentary mentioned it until like the lap it was happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably because it was happening in like little postage stamp vision on the corner of the screen rather than <laughs> yeah the main screen. But there we go. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, like there wasn't much of a race at the front. Verstappen led every single lap of the race, and just there was never even a hint of him being challenged, was there? Really? Like, no, nah. fairly comfortable, really. Literally comfortable. from from the line, Hamilton was more looking in his mirrors at Perez and Norris behind, and then yeah, Verstappen just disappeared up the road. Um, in the end, the gap was thirty five seconds because Hamilton pitted for fastest lap, but even before then, the gap was eleven seconds, which is. Well, it's it's a Hamilton kind of dominant victory, isn't it? That sort of gap. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. What were, you I think the way around. Mercedes were out of ideas, man. As well, that was the other thing. Like on the radio, they were just like, "There's nothing we can do. We're extracting mm. our driver is extracting as usual is extracting 100 percent out of this car. Strategically, we've done everything we can, and we are just not fast enough to to win this race. Just didn't have an answer, did they? No, nope. Um. Pretty much the only kind of shining light for them was the fact that um, Perez had a slow stop, which gave Bottas third place. So they at least, for the constructors, got a double podium. Um, only just had third. I should say it came down to like the last couple of corners. But um, yeah, yeah they, they just had nothing. Um, Toto, after the race, said uh, it's not a bad result, but what's tough is that it's been the first race really in eight years where we're just lacking the pace. Um, you see that we've stopped developing for this year because we believe that the next years are so important to get it right and Red Bull keep adding bits with aero parts. Um, I mean, Hamilton was saying after the race, we need an upgrade because there's just no way we can beat them like this. Um, which, it's funny because at the same time, Red Bull are saying like they're trying to balance upgrade this season without sacrificing next year. In fact, Helmut Marko said, we don't want to make the same mistake as BMW in 2008, which is for those of you not watching back then, was when Kubica was leading the championship after like six or seven races, I think it was. Yeah. And BMW went, well, we're this far into the season, time to focus on next year. And they sort of yeah. went backwards. Whereas if they had carried They would have won that championship. Yeah, there's no, no doubt in my mind that Kubica would have been champion in 2008 if they had put the yeah. <clears throat> development behind it. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess the question is like, 
are Mercedes, Mercedes already accepted that they're sacrificing this year to maximize the new regulations next year? Like, ooh, or ooh, on ooh. the flip side, a Red Bull are like knowingly sacrificing some development time for next year because they want to win a championship? You could call that a sacrificial ham. <laughs> thanks for listening everyone see you next week (laughs) yeah that's me done (laughs) Wes just bluntly says no Stu the instant instant response to that was just no (laughs) no well I'm very pleased with that so let's carry on Um, to be fair I think think Wes might have been answering the question maybe I don't know (laughs) I don't know in in your defence Stu that's what I'm going for <laughs> There's also these rumblings, kind of that Red Bull. It, it means coming from Mercedes predominantly that Red Bull have potentially been sort of using reliability changes on the power unit to kind of through the back door make some um, performance gains, which in theory are disallowed for the homologation stuff. And Mercedes are saying, "Oh, we're going to have to go and look at the data to see whether they're gaining and stuff." Um, and that Red Bull seem to be overly defensive about this, like. I'm not sure there's anything to that. Um, like in, in one of the interviews, Verstappen was like, I'm going to start bringing a picture of our rear wing to press conferences because I get asked about this every time and you can see from the arrow where the straight line speed is coming from. Yeah, I mean, this is just one of those things. It's like a chasing team thing, isn't it? Mm. Red Bull have been at it for the last five or six years whilst they've been chasing Mercedes, just picking fault with anything they can just yep. to hope yeah. that... It, you know, because obviously there's only certain things that teams can see of each other's cars and I mean we've seen people pick fault with things from a regulation point of view because they can't see inside the car and they want the FIA to look yeah. inside the car so they were like well we suspect this team of doing this and the FIA will say okay we'll investigate and it kind of opens up certain avenues but all this is, that's just the tables are literally turned. It's Mercedes yeah, just picking any fault that they can to try and claw something back and hope that the FIA decide, oh, yeah, you're right, that isn't legal. We should have seen this sooner. It's gone. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's all they're doing. Yeah, and as we've said plenty of times before, that is just part of the game. It always has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, Mercedes would still have DAS if that wasn't part of the game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I wonder, do you think there is anything in that, People think that that's hurting them this year. The fact oh, that that's yeah. gone. Yeah, I think so. I think massively. I mm. think that car's designed to work with you know that chassis is. It's the same chassis as last year. It's designed to work with DAS, mm. and that's why they're having all these tire wall issues that they've been having. Yes, yeah. cost them races. There's no doubt because, their starts and safety car restarts have not been as good this year. Yeah, they're in and out laps. Especially mm, yeah. outlaps as well. They've been slow on outlaps. Yeah. Um, we've seen them doing double laps in qualifying to think that's the whole reason Hamilton went out in between everyone else. So yeah. in case he couldn't get the tires warmed up, he'd have to do a double lap and he'd have the space yeah. to do it. All of these issues, Mercedes are having a down to tire warm up. And the, the reason they're having them is because they don't have DAS anymore. So that, and that, that was the key tool for getting that yeah. car in the yeah. window. And it's just been the rug's been pulled from underneath their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've no doubt in my mind that that's the the, the out the outlap pace is the thing that I was going to mention. There's kind of like the the, the damning factor, if you want to yeah. call it that. The thing that like we, but I'd, I'd not even thought about the fact that like doing the extra warm up laps in quality sessions. To be honest, like the the thing that stood out for me was outlap pace because 
Max in particular, but Perez as well, have both been way outpacing. Oh, massively! Yeah. Hamilton and Bottas when on on outlaps, and that's why like the undercuts work just so powerful. Yeah. It's not it's not necessarily a scenario where the undercut is really powerful here, as they sometimes say about a circuit. It's just more the fact that Red Bull are way better at utilizing it at the minute because of that tire warm up. Yeah. Um, because I think um, I can't remember if it was after last week's race in France or if it was a one earlier in the season, but I do remember Hamilton saying and other members of the Mercedes team saying, we underestimated how powerful the undercut was. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's that. I think they underestimated how much better Red Bull are at getting tyres up to temperature yeah. and getting on to pace, yeah. which not just only makes that, the undercut even more powerful. It's, it's a combination of things as well, because it's not just, you know, it's not necessarily just Mercedes have lost pace because they don't have DAS anymore. It's also Red Bull have got, a monster engine this year yeah mm-hmm. so well a monster power unit i should say this year so the they reckon a lot of the extra power that they're getting from um the from the honda unit is from the battery side and from the electric motor side okay which would make sense at a place like um the red bull ring because it's 700 meters up in the air and yeah. the yeah. the batteries in the electric motors don't give a monkeys how high up in the air you are yeah because they'll be the same power all the time, but the engine will, you know, the engine and tur- the turbocharger, yeah, it's designed to pressurize the air in, inside the engine. It will spin faster because there's less air for it. Yeah. To, so you, you get the net same pressure inside, but still, like, it does, it still makes a difference to to the power that you can generate out of that power unit because the exhaust, the flow of the exhaust can only flow so fast and stuff like that. So Yeah, yeah we've we've always seen, like, the, the high, high altitude stuff, like here in Mexico, over the last number of seasons, it, it's kind of not been a leveler, but it's brought teams like Red Bull and Ferrari even closer in touch with Mercedes mm-hmm. than they than they previously would have been in the season. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like you say, the the battery power being a key factor, it means that they. That's why we've seen like sort of a bit more of a more handsome victory for Red Bull this weekend compared to some of the others where. The top three or four have all been fairly close together. Like it's not been like I mean, we've seen Lewis and Max going wheel to wheel with him closing laps the last three or four races that Max has won. Yeah. Whereas this is like a little bit more convincing. I think again that just like goes to say how much of it that benefit is coming from those electrical yeah components like the MG yeah. UK and stuff. It's and- also um, Austria is one of the most difficult tracks for. Um, battery power management on the calendar as well just because course yeah there's so few opportunities to yeah. be recharging um and yeah. so much Ten of the track is using it yeah weirdly it's austria and spa are the two most difficult ones but you couldn't think in many ways of two more different tracks but mm-hmm. they're both tracks where the the balance between braking zones and full throttle zones is like very much leaning towards the full throttle yeah, side as, of things as as long as a circuit is it's still very high speed in a lot of aspects. Yeah. Really spar, well, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it's the lack of braking zones, isn't it? There's, yeah. You've got, Heavy yeah, braking. it's a long, long really. circuit, but there's lots of long, long straights as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really high speed. There's not a lot of braking around that circuit. So, yeah. No. yeah. And that's where you charge your batteries when you pull your brakes. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the competition stack up against each other, how the teams stack up against each other when they get to Silverstone in a few weeks' time. Because yeah. that's a much more yes, it's a high speed circuit and it's still a power circuit, but it's it's much more 
sort of normal, if you like. Like it's more or less sea level, so the air is nice and dense. Yeah. Um, it's it's a high speed, so it's got lots of fast corners. It's a very it's a relative it's, it's it's a good test for a Formula One car. It's usually favoured Mercedes, and I think I I really and I've said this a few times already this season, but I think if Red Bull beat <laughs> Mercedes at Silverstone, then absolutely Mercedes are screwed. Yeah. yeah. For the season. Um <laughs> I said, what do, do you do you think like Mercedes are basically seem to be saying we've not given up, we're gonna keep fighting, we think there's gonna be opportunities to win further in the season, but also we're not developing, we're focused on next year. And I just can't I just don't see those two things going hand in hand. Like I don't buy it. It just, I don't buy that they're not developing. Yeah. I don't believe for a minute that they're not developing. Why would you not? De- why would you well, throw they, away a championship? I don't think they've bought any upgrades this season, other than maybe the first couple of races. They're, they're no longer bringing upgrades. Like Toto Wolf, one point is like Red Bull practically turned up with a van full of new parts this for this race, and they had Mercedes had nothing. Um, well, they really are putting all their eggs in. It kind of sounds like like at this point in time, I'm finding there's it, a logic to that. There is a logic to it if if that's because they're thinking long term. Yeah, and they you know yeah. the, the reason that they're dominant, the, the reason that they, that they've had dominance for as many years as they have is because coming into the turbo hybrid era, they put a lot of work into making sure everything was set up for that, and then going into the new aero regulations as well. Again, they put an awful lot of work into that. They, remember, there was no cost cap back then, yeah, so they no. could do whatever they want and i think the other thing is like mercedes are really mindful that they've got to be really careful maybe this, maybe this is actually the the new development regulations hurting mercedes already because they're limited on wind they're going to be limited on wind tunnel mm-hmm. time so therefore if they win the championship this year having come off the back of won all these other championships and, and done an amazing job for so many years they're going to be in a really weak position when it comes to developing a new car they're not going to have as much wind tunnel time as everyone else so yeah, yeah and maybe that means that they've got to put all this effort in this year now before the other teams do because and they can't use that aero tunnel time wind tunnel time for this car yeah and although you know, they're getting Red ahead Bull, aren't they Although Red Bull have the second lowest amount of uh, winter on CFD time, that still gives them that little bit more than Mercedes to play with to like allow them to balance between this season and next. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the very least, if Red Bull win this season, Mercedes can be like, yeah, but you only beat us because we weren't really trying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All the years oh, we were trying to beat us. Chris, I don't think that's how they work, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you only beat me because I weren't bothering. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's in, it's it's interesting times, and it's. I mean, as Toto himself said, it's the, it's the first time we've seen Mercedes really struggling and just not being there. Like we've seen them lose in the past, but there's always been something else going on. There've been one-offs, whereas they are genuinely not the fastest mm. team, and it's been a long time since we've been able to say yeah. that. I mean, I think there, I think there was a time with Ferrari that they weren't out and out the fastest team, but mm-hmm. I mean that went to pot. To do with all the oil flow and stuff, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, Ferrari had the fastest engine that year. Yeah, they had the, they had the quickest engine. And, and he, sh- he showed how much it relied on that. Yeah, and then suddenly they didn't. Yeah, there was a there was a technical directive, a secret technical, <laughs> which still still makes me seethe because yeah. yeah. we still don't know what that was. 
obviously, I mean, everyone's got a suspicion that it was yeah. a burning hole, but no one really knows, knows exactly what they were doing. Mm. Well, it's the same with the new um, pit stop stuff. We're not going to get into it oh. this week, but that's a secret technical directive. Like, only the teams actually know what the new rules are around pit stops, which is bizarre. But, yeah. We'll, we'll not talk about that this week. Yeah, just really, like, very, I will a little bit. Like, I, from what <laughs> I understand, it's they, they're they adding extra windows in of time before, so after, on the automated things, if, if, if say, you're, when your wheel gun has got the wheel to a particular tightness, rather than sending the signal straight away to tell the computer that the wheel gun has done its job, there's now a delay of, like, 0.15 seconds yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, the, the unknown is exactly what the delays are and exactly how they're going to be measured and and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's yeah, all Which they're not going to be able to do that. That's, that's just not possible to do that. Well, that's, we'll see. Un- unless they give everyone like a pit, pit stop control unit and everyone's yeah. measuring off the same circuit, then that's well, they have, li- um... literally impossible to detect. Yeah, they have high-speed cameras above every pit box, but they're not going to be Daff, checking no. those in real. Although apparently NASCAR do that. Apparently that, there's a lot of very strict rules around pit stops in NASCAR, and apparently they literally have a team of people sat watching high-speed camera footage at every pit stop to look for pit stop infringements. That's like part of the students in NASCAR, apparently. So maybe they'll go to wow. that route. But that is yeah. effort. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, those rules Maximum come in effort. for Hungary, so we'll maybe we'll maybe know a bit more before Hungary and talk about it in that preview. It is it's a weird old um directive that I don't really see what it brings to the table either. Even on safety grounds, like it just doesn't I you know, they're always yeah. they're always gonna find I mean, ways of, of going faster. If anything, it's just gonna make them push to go even faster because they're gonna try and mitigate against these extra bits of time that yeah. are being added on. So like the thing is it is kind of aimed a little bit at Red Bull and, and Horner was saying the fact that like the punishment for them is he, he he was essentially saying like I don't stand to gain anything from using like trickery and systems because the ultimate punishment for me is that that goes wrong and a car goes out that garage without four wheels completely attached and we have to stop the car and it's an instant DNF. There's yeah. nothing we can do about that. So and it's in my fine. best interest to make sure that everything is done to the best standard possible before that car is dropped and let let go. And I wouldn't, like we as a team, wouldn't put ourselves in jeopardy of DNF in just for the sake of a fractional gain in that in in, in that scenario, which I I, I would stand to believe because I, I totally it is that I, serious of a mistake, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is one of the like rare occasions when I actually do wholeheartedly agree with Christian Horner. <laughs> like he's he's absolutely right in what he's saying. And if you look at like the, if you look at those pit stops in in the Hymos and stuff like that, like they are the best in the business, Red Bull yeah. at, at pit stops. Like there's a reason why they're doing it quicker than everyone else. It's because they're bloody good at it. They're yeah. amazing at it. That car is off the ground before it's even fully stopped moving. Yeah. Yeah. If you go and watch the yeah, shameless plug, but you go and watch um, the DHL fastest pit stop stuff when it comes out, there'll be a new one today. As we record, there'll be a new one. Um, go on the DHL website and find them. And there, there are certain, I think the one last week, or it might be the one we raced before, they had the car. The, the the wheel all four wheels were off the ground and it was still moving forward ever so slightly still <laughs> yeah. moving forward it's bizarre but it's amazing to watch 
to and, and you know I don't want that I don't want to lose that I don't want that to be taken away just because one team's been belly aching about how quick another team can change its wheels it's ridiculous yeah to play to play devil's advocate there's there's there's, t- there's two sides to it one side is although what Christian Horner says is right and it's in their interests to make sure you know they're not going to send the car out unnecessarily risky it is still a safety thing and in 1.9 whatever seconds there is no way you can say with 100% certainty, yes, this wheel is definitely on right. You do the thing that you do. And I mean, in Red Bull's case, I literally can't remember a time Red Bull ever sent a car out of the box and the <laughs> wheels fell off it. But it's still, there's no margin you, for safety. You've but, counted your own argument here, Chris. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, play, he's, play, he's playing Devil's Advocate. I played Devil's Advocate. However, but it's wrong. <laughs> the, the other side of it is, which I do agree with, is... It's got to a point now where things are happening faster than human reaction time. There's the teams again. It's getting a bit too reliant on the automated systems and not what humans can physically do. And I think, well, then I think if, if it's you, crossed that line a little bit. I think. So if you I love how I said to, we weren't going to talk about this, and we've just spent ten minutes. Well, on yeah, it, but because but it, it's interesting. It, is, no, it's, it interesting. is interesting, and it wasn't a particularly amazing race either. <laughs> well, at the front of the field, it wasn't. So why not talk about it? <laughs> why not? At the end of like. If they want them to all not use any sort of systems and, um, you know, not be sort of, what's the word, not be sort of using sensors and things like that and robots to to tell when events have happened within a pit stop, within that, you know, however many events there are within that 1.9 second window, which of which there are many, mm-hmm. why not give all the teams, why not just let this crack on for this season. There's no point trying to put time, extra yeah, time into sensors and things like that. Give every, have a, have a set of standardized pit tools Yeah. for, for, like, for instance, wheel guns and jacks. That's all it really needs to be mm-hmm. and make everyone use those. I do agree yeah. with you. Yeah, mid-season They've got a standard ECU. If, if they can make an ECU that matches for every single car up and down the grid, they can make a bloody, yeah, you know, a, a, an impact driver and a, <laughs> yeah. uh, what is it? And, and you know, if they do that, then that's a potential window for sponsorship for, for some crazy tools manufacturer. Maybe Makita or Ryobi or someone want to provide every team with the same set of tools for doing pit stops. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's point. That's an amazing marketing exercise for some, some tool maker somewhere. Maybe it's Haas, automated tool. They make tools. Yeah. Um, and they could do with the money. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, though. You know, you were saying some of it's gone beyond, like, the human element of being able to identify the problem, Chris. What I would be interested to do, if, if I can find the time to do it, is kind of look back. At, because, obviously, cars do get stopped from going out if uh, uh, someone on the gun or on the wheel spots an issue. And I'd be interested to kind of tally up how many times that happens where the car is stopped from going anywhere and the problem is like resolved over how many times the car goes out and it's already too late because they've mm-hmm. just followed the lights and gone. Uh, because I know like obviously McLaren had a little bit of an issue with this a few seasons ago and they stopped using part of their automated like lighting system, if you remember, and they went back to having a more manual thing because it was it was automated that when the gun had done its job it sent a message to say my job is done but then that was automating the girl light for the driver and essentially telling him to go Mm -hmm. yeah that's what they took out they put a human element back into that and somebody then had to visually see okay all four are done and i can't see anyone reporting a problem 
go and like someone had to physically do that and that was a change that they made yeah in hindsight of the issues they were having with wheel detachment or wheel miss attack finger trouble <laughs> finger trouble yeah 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 the, the, so. i think that on the other side of it as well like if you do when you do take those systems away you're then relying on a person to tell you whether or not a wheel's attached and Mm. surely there's a way of having a sensor on the car that can tell when the wheel's fully attached and a, yeah the, it's... the combination of sensors as a, from a safety side should be working i guess for safety rather than for speed is what yeah, the, that, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be the fia's argument yeah it's 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 the balance between using the sensors for the right purposes but still having the human elements because there was one of the there was f1 tech talk video things i watched earlier today that um Sam Collins. Shout and, out to Sam. Yeah, and, Big uh, Sam. Craig Scarborough do. And they were saying, they didn't men- say specifically which teams, but they were saying some of the top teams now, the rear jack is electronically linked yeah. to the um, the whole system. And the second all the, the message comes through that all four wheels are done, the rear jack automatically drops. The rear jack yeah. guy doesn't, he lifts it, but he, it's dropped automatically. And I would argue that's a bit of tech too far. A step too far. Yeah. I would agree. I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with that, yeah. I, I would prefer to see everyone using a hydraulic jack front and rear and that not being wired up to anything. Yeah. That's just, you just go back to, you know, simplify it. Because at the end of the day as well, like they've got cost caps, these teams now. And the amount of money they're spending on something as simple as a car jack, wheel nut, the wheel nuts are like yeah. 10 grand a pop. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and if you just, if you go to this standardized tool set you're saving everyone a bunch of cash mm-hmm. you've all got the same wheel nuts and what what difference does it make to us in the crowd you know like if you've all got the same wheel nuts it doesn't really matter and it i think it makes the pit stops more comparable as well like it's all right saying like oh red bull did a pit stop in you know 1.9 whatever and it takes you know Haas and alfa romeo best part of three seconds but how much of that's the you know not to take anything away from the crew the red bull crew are incredible but it would be nice to know how much of that difference is the people and how much is the tech they've developed. Yeah, but yeah. it'd be interesting to see if Red Bull win that award every single week when and, everyone's got the same gear. And I think that yeah. probably would, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Now, the counter-argument that we're going to get to all this is F1 is about innovation. Yeah. And, and I was, I was already thinking that allowed, myself. Everyone should be allowed to innovate and, and make themselves faster however they please. Um, um, but I would say my counter-argument to that would be I'm here to watch people racing, not to see who can do the fastest pit stop. Yeah, and yeah. In, in an era where there's budget caps and it's a thing we need, I'd rather that money got spent on something that's more like pertinent to the racing on the track. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. the money got spent on making the car faster than making the pit stops faster. Yeah, yeah. totally. Simple as that. Agreed. Shall we talk about some other stuff that happened in the race? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um... I guess start best of the rest was Norris yet again um, from P3 on the grid. Uh, he seemed to sort of choose his battles. Like, although he had a bit of fun racing with the Red Bulls and Mercedes at the start, when Perez and Bottas sort of came through, it was a little bit like, yeah, go on. Like, yeah, smart. <laughs> this is always going to be a losing battle, yeah. yeah. Um, Why waste your tyres? Exactly, yeah. Um, just another, just, yeah, another very good drive for me. I don't know what else to say really on him. Yeah. Um, well, I think that it's a sign of maturity for him, isn't it, to be able to mm-hmm. do that, to be able to turn, to, to be able to look in his mirrors and see, all right, okay, they're, you know, they're quicker than me. I'm not in this race. I'm just going to let them go. Then, and I'm going to save my tires. I'm going to make sure I beat the Ferraris behind me. Then, yeah. absolutely, you know, very yeah. mature. He, the the guy's a pro. He's um, 
He's going, he's, he's going places, isn't he, Norris? He certainly seems that way. so good this year. Yeah, it really is. Um, on the flip side, another really tough weekend for Ricardo. Um, bit of a disaster in qualifying. Um, he seemed to lose about a second of pace between practice and qualifying, which you couldn't really explain. Um, he actually had an amazing start. He gained five positions on the first lap from 13th on the grid um, and then had a power unit issue which dropped him all the way back to 13th which was where he started and finished the race. Um, that's now a weekend to forget, I guess, but like there were signs of better pace being there, I suppose, for him. It's weird because I, th- I thought he'd started to get maybe a handle on the car, to be honest, in recent races. Mm. I-, I-, I felt like it was within a bit of a turning point where maybe he'd started to understand the car better and was starting to be able to extract more from it, so... Um, I mean, as someone who quite likes Danny Rick, I'm a bit disappointed to be honest. Yeah, that it's, yeah. it feels like he's way. gone backwards. So yeah, he had an okay uh, Friday. He had a really mm, yeah. good Friday actually. But um, yeah, I guess something. You know, I think the window for him in that car is obviously really, really, really tiny. Yeah, it's really difficult for him to find. Hey, but when it's that small, it's really hard to find it. <laughs> And um, it's um, sorry, <laughs> I read that in a way different way. Than I really intended. <laughs> Made sure of that. Um, and uh, when you do find it, it's a lot more difficult to use it. So <laughs> yeah, and then when when you're using it, you've got to sort of try and stay in it as well. And again, when the window's so small, it's difficult to stay in that window. So you better uh, concentrate on making your window better, <laughs> bigger. <laughs> That, that metaphor shall got away from us a bit there. Yeah, shall we carry on? <laughs> um, decent result for Ferrari, uh, especially after the absolute disaster last weekend. Um, team were pretty quick to say they don't think this is like a, a massive change. They still have all the same problems they had in France. They just sort of were able to drive around a bit better this weekend. Um, Leclerc really got comeback drive after taking out himself and Gasly on well completely <laughs> taking out Gasly and dropping himself to the back yeah. on lap one uh Stewart said there was no need to investigate that just your, your normal garden variety mm. lap one incident um uh yeah I beg to differ <laughs> yeah I mean he had plenty of room there was no he, need he's, to he move just... over into Gasly like especially from that far back like, I mean it's front wing to rear wheel contact as well yeah he's just straight up drive into someone. him yeah so he drove, he... Ridiculous. He, he said like it was one of those situations where Gasly was trying to gain the slipstream of the car in front at the point he was trying to move over and Gasly moved left at the same time he moved right is one of those things. And like, yeah, that is what happened. But also you're the car behind. You know where yeah. the front of your car is. I mean, you, can't see it, you know where it like, is. You can't see it. Yeah, Gasly had Gasly no idea. At that point, it's up to you to not drive into the person in front of you and he just did. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he Very got quite lucky not getting a penalty from that, to be completely honest mm. with you. Um, good comeback drive, uh, back up to seventh. I mean, he either hit or nearly hit pretty much everyone on the way through as well, but um, <laughs> good pace regardless. Uh, signs as well from 12th on the grid to finish sixth. Um, he stayed out on the mediums until lap 41, which was as long as anyone else Um but like it's kept really good pace up. He overcut like three or four cars in the process. Um, even unlapped himself from Hamilton towards the end. It yeah, was um, on his fresh yeah. tires, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, really, really impressive, actually. For actually, for a while there at the end, I was a bit worried he was going to chase Norris down. I thought mm. he might catch Norris. 
And I was, yeah. think, I was thinking, I was willing Hamilton to hold him up because <laughs> I really didn't want him to catch Norris. But obviously, the, the, the pace wasn't there to quite. Yeah, I think the time Norris. he was behind Hamilton, kind of umming and ahhing about unlapping, was enough to kind of widen the gap a bit and take a bit of the tyres. Uh, but I think if he got straight by earlier on, like, yeah, he might have been a lot closer towards the end there. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, like I say, better weekend for Ferrari, but they don't seem to think anything's changed and they've still got bad days ahead. It, was, it, it seems yeah. one of those results where Ferrari were like, wow, didn't expect that, but we'll take it sort of thing. Mm, I don't know. Uh, so, um, Charles Leclerc, overrated? <laughs> overrated? Stu, Stu, Stu stirred the pot a bit on, in the chat on uh, on Sunday. Um, what do you think? I wouldn't say overrated. I would say, like, needs to, I don't know, just... I can't think what the word for it would be. Like be better, not <laughs> stop better. Crashing. Just like stop, stop being crashing. Off, stop being clumsy. It's, it's clumsy yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. He's, I, I don't know if there's a better word for it. But. He's a very quick racing driver. A very quick racing driver. But wheel to wheel racing has always been the weakest part of his arsenal, and it still is. <laughs> that thing he's employed to do. You mean? Well, <laughs> I mean. He needs to be in a car that can qualify at the front and then he can drive away. That's how he needs yeah. to go away, win a bunch of races. Um, you know, he, he, he was, uh, he collided with his teammate a lot. Mm. There were a few occasions where he was yeah. colliding with Vettel. But then where- Vettel's not the best wheel-to-wheel racer in the world either, is he? I mean, he wasn't in the Ferrari. No, no he spent a lot Ferrari, of time backwards yeah. in that Ferrari. Yeah. So, Wes in the chat used the word overeager. I think that's quite a overeager. That's yeah, quite that's, a, that's that's fair. Yeah. I mean, we've used similar words to describe him in the past, where he's like, sort of, he found himself like, say, a bad start off the line, and then gets way too eager into turn one, turn two, or whatever, and what he's diving it? up the inside of people trying to make that position back. And we've definitely seen him do that before. Well, it was it was it Austria last year or the year before when exactly that, was where that he happened. Be he just side of Vettel, yeah, and it, put his car through Vettel's rear wing, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Austria. Yeah, that was 2018. I feel like half the races year. we've had the last two years have either been in Austria or Bahrain at this point. So it's <laughs> really hard yeah, to keep track. Quite a high number. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Paul D in the chat actually says uh, that Max was the same a few years ago. I would mm. argue Max still is. To a degree, I mean, Max is out in front at the moment and not really interacting too much with other cars where he has to. He's already collided with Hamilton um, this year at the start of Imola. He mm. forced, forced Hamilton. I'd call that off. a very aggressive defense. I'm not sure I'd call six, that a collision. Six to one, half a dozen of the other, maybe. I, I, I think this. I mean, this is undoubtedly the best that Verstappen has ever been. I think. Yeah, he's... yeah. There's no doubt there. Yeah, I I wouldn't put him in the same ball. I mean, like you say, we've not seen a ton of wheel-to-wheel racing from him this season, but what we have seen has been actually pretty clean. Aggressive, but clean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... He used to cross the line quite a bit in wheel-to-wheel racing, and I think he's now going all the way up to the line, but not going over it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just think last year at Portugal when during practice, yeah, exactly. he had a massive... Massive accident almost with um, what was it? Stroll, stroll, yeah. stroll to turn one in practice. Just why? So you know those days. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't jump up and say those days are behind Verstappen just yet. Well, there's plenty of potential for. I, I think as the season goes on, if if Mercedes can find some pace somewhere, then it'd be interesting to see how 
how it does go between Hamilton and Verstappen because there's going to be fireworks at some point. There's got to be if if it turns into a proper championship battle, which at the moment it doesn't actually look like. It looks a bit more like Verstappen's going to run off with it right now. But um, if they are fighting two for now for a championship, it'd be interesting to see sort of what's at what point the the fireworks go off and it becomes a sort of handbags at dawn situation. <laughs> well, I, I feel like over the last couple of years, we've said like, oh, hasn't Verstappen like matured now a few times and then a few races later, he's done <laughs> something to prove us wrong. So get ready for him to prove us wrong. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, who next? Oh, Russell. Poor, poor oh, George oh, Russell. Poor George. Um, I mean, yet another brilliant day in qualifying. Um, he was the 11th in qualifying, wasn't he? Uh, he missed out on Q3 by like something ludicrous, like eight hundredths, was it? Yeah, Maybe that, even yeah. less than that. It was um, less than yeah. a tenth. It was less than a tenth. Yeah. Um, ended up inheriting uh, a 10th place on the grid through Sonoda's penalty, wasn't it? Um, yeah. actually gained positions at the start as well. Like I've lost count of how many times we've seen him qualify well and then just drop down on the first lap and he actually gained positions this time. Running in eighth, I think it was, like very much on pace. Um, and Keeping then, up with Alonso. Yeah, actually sl- very slightly gaining on him for big chunks of it, um, holding up the guys behind. And then, yeah, power units said no. Um, an air pressure issue, it seemed. So at least that seemed to be how they were trying to remedy it. Yeah, um, hydraulic or something, wasn't it? it was, yeah, there was, a, there was a big canister of of something, and they were trying to pump whatever was in that canister yeah. into yeah. the car. Um, just once again, like points were there for Williams, and they got away from them yet again. It's it's a real shame. It, I think he would have probably would have scored points today, uh, yesterday if he'd. Uh, yeah, they seem to be getting ever closer, those points for him and Williams, don't they? Everyone in the live chat is blaming me because pre-race, I predicted he would finish in the points, which everyone said, well, you've ruined that now, oh haven't you? Oh my God, Chris, why do you do this? Why do I even speak? <laughs> um, it'll come, like, sooner or later this come. season, I think it is going to happen. Um It'd be, when it does happen, it'll be great because it will be... I think if it does happen this season, it's going to be on merit. It's not going to be because, no, you know there's been a wet race and half the field's retired or, or, you know, there's just been some craziness happening at the front. Like, or there's not going to be, because there's been a mad accident where 20 cars have piled up, like in blooming, where was it? Uh, Italy. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, wow. Oh. Mugello. 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 There you go. Mugello, God, we struggled yeah, with that, didn't we? Yeah, we all really I, did. Oh, Goodness. For some reason, all I could think of in my head was the incident in the Tour de France this weekend <laughs> when you said there was a massive pile-up. Yeah. I was like, what? That, that was, was an equally-sized pile-up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be on merit. It's going to be due to his pace in that car that's going to get him the points. I, I'd prefer to see it that way. When they've had points in the last few years, it has been because there's been a, a mm-hmm. lot of accidents or it's been a lot of retirements or a lot of wetness going on. So, yeah. Um but yeah, look like, forward to it when it does happen. Yeah, and it, the pace, yeah. at least in Russell's hands, seems to be there at the right track to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, on the plus side, he gets another crack at it this coming weekend at the same track. So. So, softer tyres too, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone else in the race you want to talk about? Mm, I think we're covering the most part, haven't we? People with either significant positives I'm or negatives. I'm going <laughs> to mention Valtteri Bottas quickly. Um, okay. I thought Bottas had pretty great weekend, actually. Um, 
at Qualified's teammate. Other than the stupid yeah. thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, that cost him three places on the grid. Like, yeah, out Qualified's teammate yes. should have started second. Um, didn't finish a million miles behind Hamilton. Um, because did, Hamilton they, they stopped. Did have an extra pit stop, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, considering where he started to come back and finish third, admittedly because Red Bull had a bit of a ropey pit stop, but like a pretty decent race for Bottas, um, especially yeah. considering some of his races this season. Yeah. yeah. Strong result. Who are you going to mention, um, Stu? I, I wanted to mention the end of the race um, because I triggered, I almost triggered people in the chat <laughs> about um, Verstappen. So yeah. you, you wouldn't have seen this, Tom. So like at the end of the no. race, Verstappen, and actually the FIA have said something about this, which I'm surprised at. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, but, me um, too. He, so at the end of the race, he slowed to a stop outside of his uh, pit wall just by his pit wall yeah, his little and then did a burnout away and drove off, which I actually thought he'd done it before the finish line. I thought he'd stopped before finishing the race and then done a burnout across <laughs> the line. But actually I was wrong. I should say I was wrong. Yeah. He had, crossed he, the line. he had already crossed the line, which is a very different scenario. Cause if he'd stopped before crossing the line and then did a burnout to finish the race, that's the equivalent of like, reversing over the line in Mario Kart against your mates. <laughs> like that's it, you know, that that's uncouth. You you, you shouldn't do that in, in world recognized motorsport. Yeah. <laughs> so so I do take that back. I, I said he was obnoxious for it and I was wrong. I, I I went back and watched it later and he did actually do it after the line. But having said all that, um the FIA have said that they were straight on the radio to Red Bull and telling them that they don't want to see stuff like that because of where it was and because you've still got cars going around the circuit at I full mean, racing speed. Well, yeah, it's an active racetrack. It's like wrong the line. He stopped. He stopped for no reason. You, yeah, was, you shouldn't really do yeah. that. At this very circuit, it was back in, when was it? 2015 in a Formula Renault um, race. Um, Roberto Meri did exactly that. He crossed the line and like slowed right down. And... Um, it was Latifi, actually. Latifi was like battling someone else right to the line and kind of pulled out to try and get past him and just ran straight into the back of Mary and had a, a pretty enormous crash, like just after crossing the finish line. And I think Mary got a, he might even got a race ban for it. He certainly got like, yeah, he did. He got yeah. a race ban for causing it. It was like, it's it's not a smart thing to do. Like, no. And you also having, you know, you, you saying that has just reminded me that. Bottas and Perez were actually fighting, yeah. Uh, yeah. albeit 40 seconds down the road, <laughs> but they were fighting for position and they were fighting until they crossed the line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like it's just a bit, it's a little bit, I think winning and dominating, you know, fair enough, do some burnouts, do some donuts further around the track once once the race is over. I've absolutely yeah. no problem with that. That's awesome. That's really fun. But I think to, to, to do that, is, to do what he did is a, a bit- little bit, it's a bit obnoxious. It's a bit like rub your rub everyone else's nose in it almost to me. Mm. It's a bit but, silly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't. All, all the Verstappen fans now, are, I can just, I can hear them, just like screw, like unsubscribing, clicking unsubscribe <laughs> to the podcast. And look, I'm not, I'm not taking away from the performance. It's an amazing performance. But we just spoke about Verstappen's maturity level and his his sort of, you know, how he's gotten better over the years. And I, f- I just think it's just another one of those little flashes of, of sort of immaturity from him, I guess. Wait, yeah, a little Hello. bit. It's a bit, <laughs> it is a bit, yeah, it's just a bit much, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, don't, I just don't know if it's, 
I don't know if I, I from the chat yesterday. I don't know whether I'm just being a bitter Hamilton fan who's realizing <laughs> that who doesn't like it being rubbed in your yeah, face. Yeah. The ch- the championship is slipping away race by race, or whether there's a genuine kind of just this kind of thing's a bit. I I think classless. we'd be. I don't know. I, don't I think know. we'd be equally critical if it was Hamilton doing that. To be fair, I definitely. Oh, absolutely, definitely. I, yeah, I, you don't want to see people rubbing other people's noses in it when they want to race. I think that's my beef. Yeah. Um, and as you say, like the FIA have said, like don't do that again. We won't. We won't be accepting that happening again. Um, there is actually in the rules like how you should celebrate. There's like yeah, there is within the rule yeah. book. Like you can do things to celebrate, but only in a safe manner and away from other competitors and all that. Yeah. Um, Alexa in the chat has actually posted a video of that um, of that crash, and it is it's, it's even bigger than I remember it being actually. Oh, let's have a look. It's, yeah, it's a big. Not a nice one. <clears throat> Um, all that said, should we move on to some awards? <gasps> yeah. Let's award things whilst you react to that video. <laughs> whilst you live react to a big old crash. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a monster crash. Yeah. I mean, having just seen that, that's just made my mind up. It's just but cemented let's, it, let's yeah. Cra- let, let's crack on. Let's crack on. Move of the day. Hmm. Mm. From that huge smorgasbord of overtakes in that race to choose from <laughs> well you got 11 from Leclerc to choose from just didn't see any of them <laughs> yeah were any of them any good the couple I did see one of them was one of them, one of them was pretty good um, the, the the overtake on Sonoda at, at his second go was was a good overtake it was sort of a switchback kind of job that he did on him which was really mm-hmm. good yeah. sent him the dummy and went, eventually went down the inside it was a very very good move um, he just had more grip, though. So, you know, kind of like different tyre strategies. He was always going to get by him eventually, but um, it was a staunch defence from Sonoda, but Leclerc got the job done. It was a good move. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Norris around the outside of Perez at turn four on the first lap was a good one as well. Um, yeah. Now I enjoyed that one. I've, I've, I saw someone online suggest this, and I've watched it a few times, and I still can't decide if it was intentional or not. But there is an argument that, because at that point, Hamilton had Perez like right in his gearbox um, and Norris was kind of, Norris was still behind both of them at that point, um, kind of on the outside of the corner. It kind of looks like Hamilton potentially saw Norris in his mirrors alongside and intentionally braked a bit early for turn four, Mm. knowing that Norris would basically box Perez in behind him. Because if you're Hamilton at that point, you'd much rather have Norris behind you than Perez. And it's, it, it, again, I can't decide if it was deliberate or just circumstantial, but it certainly looks like Hamilton just kind of eased Norris through a little bit, just kind of like I can see, massage the situation to help Norris make that pass kind of thing. I mean, Grinning. I do it all the time when I race in, so why wouldn't Lewis Hamilton do it if I do it? <laughs> <laughs> so do I actually? do it all the time. <laughs> um, if that is what he did, then it's it's really fantastic racing. Um, yeah, but even clever s- if he did. I gave him a lot of credit, though, at the start of a race. <laughs> so there's a lot of mental gymnastics going on there. <laughs> to have done that. I mean, that's, that's always the best, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, way, the, the, ca- the counter argument would be why would you just excessively slow down to back Perez up when you've got Max Verstappen getting away from you? I think you've got other priorities yeah, at that the, moment in time. That's the flip side. Yeah. Well, his priority but, at that point was probably holding second because Verstappen was already a good second yeah. or two down the road. Yeah, I but. think they knew going into the race that they were going to be second position if they got around the first few corners. Se- yeah, second, second and third mm. was the best they would have hoped for that race, I think. Yeah. So um, with that in mind, yeah. 
it's, it's believable, isn't it? But it, it's it not. Is. E- it's either a lot way. of what ifs. It's a hell of a lot of what ifs. Yeah. Either way, I still mm. like that overtake a lot. Um, yeah, it was a good one. But if you can convince us the Leclerc one we didn't see was better, Stu. <laughs> I'm going to struggle if you didn't see it, aren't I? But um, it, it was good. <laughs> you go and watch the... Um, after after you've listened to the podcast, or while you've listened <laughs> to the podcast, actually, because they're two different media, <laughs> go to the F1 YouTube and watch the... Uh, or the F1 website and watch the Leclerc through the field video. And um, you'll see every overtake in that one. Let's, let, okay, let's put it this way. You've nominated one of them, and he made more moves than probably everyone else combined in the race. So yes. should we Chances say Leclerc are, move of the day? Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. Let's apply that logic and give it to him. Yeah. Do it. Uh, what about driver of the day? Um, I'm actually going to drag a bit of inbox in early here. Um, Project F1 message to say, you might cover this already, but what's your take on Leclerc getting driver of the day despite causing a lap one incident and almost hitting Raikkonen later on? I can see both sides of the arguments, but would like to hear you guys discuss. I mean, it's, it's a good recovery drive. And we, I mean, we sometimes give them people for recovery drives, but generally that's when it's been no fault of their own. And yeah. we have, we've definitely not given people driver of the day in the past because... There's a there's like a black smudge on it with something yeah. like that, and we've Agreed. definitely gone. Oh well, it was impressive from so and so to get through ten cars to get back into the points. But then the counter argument is, well, yeah, but he shouldn't have driven into exactly, the side yeah. of so and so and put himself at the back anyway. So, I mean, I've always been one of those that yeah, fair enough, good drive, but the the black smudge on it is enough to take it away for me you wouldn't have had to make recovery drive if you didn't exactly been your yeah. first half in the first place yeah yeah um, well you, you kind of wonder where he would have finished if he'd not had the incident because it's, yeah. to recover the way he did is actually a very very good drive but yeah i mean you can't win drive driver of the day for me despite what the rest of the world thinks. <laughs> Driver of the day for me is a driver who's been flawless all day and done an amazing job that yeah. day. You, you, I think driver of the day should be someone who hasn't made... Who, it's the person who's made the least mistakes, essentially. It's the person who's done the best mm. and got the best. It's not the... It, this makes it out to be like the, the midfield driver who, day who got did the most overtakes and got the best result <laughs> without yeah. taking into account how crap they were at the start of the race. So, yeah, basically. No, I don't think Leclerc does deserve driving. No, I don't think so. Short. I think he, too, he made a too rod for his own back. Yeah, and he's made a mess of things. The only reason he's got driver of the day is because he's got loads of fans and because he probably was the most exciting car to yeah, watch he was by, vir- by virtue of the fact that he'd cocked up at the first Most time. entertaining driver yeah. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, my driver of the day is actually Verstappen today because he's lapped all but three other cars and he was only 15 seconds off lapping his teammate as well. And that's... if that's not dominant, if that's not the drive of the day, then I don't know what is. Yeah, bad, he, didn't is make a, he didn't make a single mistake. He was perfect off the line. He, his pit stops were perfect. Everything about that drive was absolutely 100% yeah, perfect. How can you not give that drive of the day? I mean, it's a compelling argument. <laughs> um... Raikkonen made up seven places, which we didn't see. Um, Science made up six places, which we didn't see. Yeah, Sainz was so, Sainz was a really good drive, but again, he made most of those places up through um, a rare case of very good strategy from Ferrari. Actually, for him, yeah. um, that's kind Both of where. Cars. Yeah, yeah. They, they remembered they had two cars. Hmm. Um, yeah, Sainz was maybe going to be my pick, but 
you're kind of right. It's hard to look past Verstappen, isn't it, this week, I think? I think so. I think it's yeah. got to be Verstappen all the way for me. I mean, there's definitely some honourable mentions and stuff, like we've said, but I mean, when you are going round and lapping more or less the entire field... Admittedly on the shortest impressive. track on the calendar, but even yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> but still. even so. Um, I mean, it's the most convincing mention... they've been this season so far. I mean, we've known they were quick, but it is the most convincing that Verstappen Just Red Bull dominant. have looked. Yeah. Well, like I said, he, dominant. he didn't make a single mistake. He was, and was I mean, a perfect drive. And as near as he didn't get to a perfect drive. In the interest of balance and fairness, Lewis Hamilton has definitely had driver of the day off us for much less than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably you. right. <laughs> this is very true. Um, honourable mention. Like, you, you can mention Russell, I think, as an honourable mention. Yeah. He, he, he got cut short. He was oh, keeping man. up with... He was right in the mix. He was keeping up with Alonso, veteran driver Alonso, in a what is shaping up to be a, a relatively quick um, Alpine. So, you know, that's he, I think he's out. Of, he probably was out of position, but he's doing stuff with that car that that car probably isn't quite capable of. So, I mean, let's I, face yeah. it: if Russell had finished in the points, this wouldn't even have been a discussion with us three. <laughs> no, exactly. We'd, we'd never have had 10 minutes to talk about pit stop rules if Russell had got a point. Yeah, <laughs> It'd have been sure. a whole episode dedicated. Oh, we're going to be unbearable. <laughs> yeah, But uh, with all that, it's got to be Verstappen, right? Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I, I want a cheeky mention for Mick Schumacher as well because he's finished ahead of one of the Williamses again. Oh, nice. And, and a, a whole lap ahead of his teammate. As you may expect that's, at this point, that's becoming a given at this point, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I'm I'm always happy to see that he's a walking I, I nearly, talking. I nearly use words I shouldn't use to describe the quality of the hat. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, we all I'm know always, what you're thinking. I'm always happy seeing. I mean, come on, we are talking about a car as well that he's finished ahead of, and the other version of that car was qualifying like almost in the top ten and and fighting with world champions. So. <laughs> It must be a, an okay car at least, <laughs> and he still beat it. Yeah, he's a uh, points machine for um, fantasy league. Is Mick Schumacher? Yeah, I yeah. still haven't looked at the fantasy league since the first race, so I dread think I still have Schumacher gone to take Yuki Tsunoda out of my team after about four weeks of saying I need to take Yuki Tsunoda <laughs> out of my team. So, uh, final award. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? <laughs> well. I mean, I've never seen anyone do what Bottas did. <laughs> Actually, have you? I have. I have. have you? Because Roman Grosjean did it once. Because on Instagram, I think it was, um, Grosjean sent Bottas a message like, don't worry, it happens to the best oh, of us. You're, you're at the one where he span at the exit. Yeah, we were there. We were at that race. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we were, weren't we? Yeah, that was we were the one where at the exit. Yeah. Spin, spinning directly out of the, the uh, garage is, it's, yeah. it sure is something. I think there's that. Obviously, that's a very, very clear candidate for the WTF <laughs> moment of the weekend. Um, I think McLaren's reaction to it was pretty WTF as well. It was absolute toys out the pram, kind of just let's take advantage of this situation while we yeah. can. And Is... I don't think it was quite the apocalypse, as Toto Wolff said, <laughs> that they were making it out to be. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? I'm sure those things used to go on all the time. We're just hearing them now that I've got the FYI team radio, I guess, um, which is good. Yeah. I mean, I am enjoying the FYI team radio thing. It's I am too. I really enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a nice little insight. Um, but yeah, you are right. It, it was a bit like, <gasps> look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this? I mean, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It is. It is a very dangerous thing to happen in a live pit lane. It is. But still. It is. 
<laughs> but yeah, that was a bit thing, a bit just a bit. It was just a bit opportunist. I thought. Yeah. Um, but when I read the article about um, what everyone's response to it and was to them doing it was and stuff as well, just did that kind of swayed me. I was like, yeah, that was a bit opportunistic. I think you know we could do with Formula One being a bit of a nicer place sometimes. I think <laughs> that was definitely F one at its most snipey. Yeah. Yeah. And then out, yeah, I've, out I've of got... interest because obviously he got the penalty for this, which is like even though he outqualified Luis, he started fit. Was it three places? He started fifth. Three places. Yeah. yeah. So. There was that, and then I think it's two penalty points on his license. But yeah, I think so. Two I'm, or three. I wonder. I can't remember if Grosjean got similar when he did it at Silverstone. Don't because that just comes back to the whole like yeah. balance like, thing. But I mean, the whole penalty point system is all over the place at the moment. Like, yeah. I mean, I suppose it'd be an argument that Bottas is in. The live pit, nit, pit lane with mechanics, whereas Grosjean was at the end on the exit, but even still. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I believe, I'm pretty sure still currently Norris has got more penalty points than anyone else. And like, can you <laughs> think of anything Norris has done that's actually been like a dangerous thing? Like the whole point of penalty points coming in was to punish drivers who did dangerous things. And Norris has got them. If he doesn't currently, he did recently, and some have dropped off. But like, they're all ones he picked up for things like, like in Baku when he like stayed out a lap longer, was it, or he crossed the pit entry line or something? Like, yeah, yeah, he's picked up a bunch of stuff like that that actually weren't that dangerous. Whereas I don't know that 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 whole system. That's a, a whole other conversation. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. Um, the other the other one I've got for WTF is um, tree, the tree cam concept continued. Yeah, tree cam returns. <laughs> yeah, so a bit of tree yeah, they were just like like focused, laser focused on like the tip of this fern tree. Fir tree. Yeah, and then like they switch it back to just just show us the cars. <laughs> like, we don't care about oh. this damn tree. They're like, do it once, maybe. And yeah, then have, have, nice have it as an shot. Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, have that once. Don't do it, like, every shot. <laughs> Literally every time we got a helicopter cam, it's like, well, we're looking at this tree first, <laughs> and then we're looking at the cars. It's weird. You've, you've reminded me of another one as well. Um, I mean, the, the anthem before the race was pretty spectacular. Oh, yeah, he, he was belting that out. <laughs> but while it was going on, they just seemed to like stick on a Austrian tourism DVD for yeah. a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. I wondered what was I thought because it's the first time I've watched it on F1 TV, and I was like, "Huh, this is um, this is a bit different to what I'm used to. Is well, this an F1 TV thing?" But I guess not. I guess yeah. Just... This is a thing I've noticed recently. You know, through the F1 website, you can like do surveys and like. F1 put up surveys on various things, and by doing the surveys, you earn points that I literally couldn't tell you what you get for earning the points. But it's like Nintendo points. Like, yeah, they, they actually don't mean anything. You, you get you get a wallpaper. Yeah, you spend six hundred quid on games, and you get a desktop <laughs> wallpaper. Um, but I've, I always take a look at these quizzes because I've noticed they kind of use them as a place to kind of broach ideas. Like as soon as they started doing slightly different things with like the podium dressing and stuff, there were like questions about that. And One or two of the surveys recently, part of the 
the questions were about like how... do you like trees <laughs> no it was yeah. like about how, how much like... do you like it's just, just a tree questionnaire what's your favorite kind of tree do a, you like oh, if you had to look at any tree, tree instead of the race which tree would you yeah. like to look at um no but some of the questions recently have been about like how well f1 events like show off the country that's hosting them and stuff like this and lo and behold a couple of weeks after i saw that you suddenly get this tourism video during the national anthem. So if you want a clue at what the broadcast is going to do next, like do these surveys on the F1 website. It's just like, just concentrate on the racing, isn't it? Just concentrating on, on making, concentrate on the broadcast being the best it can be and the racing being the best it can be. And then you'll be all right after that. I mean, some of my favorite things are when they do do that and they do aerial shots of buildings that are like hundreds of miles from yeah. the venue. It's yeah. like, here's Buckingham Palace, which is <laughs> yeah. nowhere near Silverstone. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do it all the time. Here's London Bridge, which again, nowhere near Silverstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Uh, but then I, I suppose that the counter, just to play devil's advocate, to be boring, <laughs> the reason they do it is because obviously it's not just about showing off the location specific you know, pinpoint the location where the race is. <laughs> it's about the country, because it's a world championship and you've got to, to, you know, there's a lot of politics. As much as they deny it, there's a lot of politics involved in a country getting a Formula One race and a, a big oh, part of it is a, an advert come to, you know, it's a tourism advert, isn't it? So and, I mean, there's, like, there's a logic to them doing this. But If they only did local things at Silverson, it'd be like, oh. there's that one arch thing at the end of a road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the local <laughs> Beck. Yeah, there's uh, my Ash's house. And that's about it. Yeah. Here's the um, dog from Afterlife. Uh, are we giving that to Bottas, I think? Yeah. It's got yeah, well, to be, really, isn't it? Even, given, even though we gave Treecam way more time than it deserved, yeah, definitely Bottas. It should be an on-track thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, barely Shall on do track, some but... predictions. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's another week where we need to get deep in our pockets, gentlemen, as we have four, five wrist out of fives. Steep. Going wrist steep this week. Going wrist deep in the pockets. <laughs> um, I mean, my favourite name so far is coming out of this one, which is Moose McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, love. very good. Um, so, yeah, Moose McLaren, uh, Gus Moore, Connor Watt, and Matt Sullivan all scored five points. So clean sweep across the board there. Disaster. Absolute disaster. <laughs> um, the Stu, bigger disaster is coming up, though. Yeah, yeah Stu, no. disaster in reference maybe is that you got nothing. Um, Chris, you got two. <laughs> <laughs> Just you got the, two. the shortest pause afterwards makes it hit home so much harder. Uh, yeah, two for the double there. And uh, I had four with Mazapan 18th because that's like two points for one if you get those kind of things right. I'm so obsessed. Um, in terms of overall standings... So obsessed. Uh, at the moment, we have a single leader now in Nate Everett, who is on 17 points, uh, then a handful behind on 16 points. In terms of us, Stu, you're 17th with 14 points, and then Chris and I are now joint 53rd with 12 points. I've closed the gap, Chris. <laughs> I can't believe it. Actually, wow. can't believe it. I was. It's so was, early in the season to have a sole leader as well. I mean, it is considering we've just had so many five out of fives in the last fortnight. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this, it really. This is. leaderboard has changed a lot this last two weeks. Yeah, it's it's more like a Formula E leaderboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was a. 
I mean, a lot of people scored points this week, I must admit. Um, and I, like I said to you guys earlier, I find it ironic um, that we've reached a point in time where Lewis Hamlin isn't just winning every weekend and we've suddenly started getting five out of fives. Yeah, like, weird, it's, right? The, it's, weird. <laughs> it's just weird. Really weird. So, um, 301 people scored a point this weekend. 301 of you scored at least a single point. That's insane. Good work, everyone. Yeah, well done. Um, do you want to do predictions for Austria or do you want to maybe cover some lead up before we do predictions lads, for the same lads. race again um, at the same place? I accidentally cheated. You are, oh no, what have you done? I, what do you I've mean put, you accidentally cheated? I put Verstappen in, when I, when I entered my predictions, I put Verstappen in it, the system's given me two points. Oh no, oh, oh no. Believe two points that I don't deserve, so actually... That's very you know honest of you, Stu. Well, I mean, you know, I'm an honest person. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a dangerous admission to so have made as well. So where should we be? 14, 13, 12. We're all oh, tied. We all the, three of us, oh, no. the three of us are tied. <laughs> scenes. Absolute <laughs> scenes. scenes. Oh, oh my I'll goodness. Fix, I'll fix it later, seems like you've been so honest to the, to yeah. the audience. Because oh, um, I didn't even realise that you'd done that. Until <laughs> <laughs> now. Should we maybe do like a storyline each before we do predictions, given that it's uh, there's a lot to cover this week? Yes, do. Let's go. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, first storyline is, is, is there anything Mercedes can do to stop a fifth victory in a row for Red Bull? No. <laughs> I don't I, think there's much they can do, is there? <laughs> I think they're going to be very happy to leave Austria, aren't they? Like, yeah. Tire warm-up won't be as much of an issue next week because they, or this week, because they uh, are on a compound softer. Yeah, but they still, so, whatever compound it is, they're still not going to be as good at it as they yeah. were That's last true. year, the, I guess. The weird thing was, though, in France, I'm sure I remembered the Mercs being quicker on the medium, because there was a bit where everyone ran like a soft tyre in Q1, then yeah. swapped to the mediums for Q2 to start the yeah. race on them, then went back to the softs. And there's this like small window where the Mercs looked like they had pace again and and or, or at least like the Mercs and the Red Bulls were kind of on par with each other and it got a bit more mixed up and it was close together, which I found just weird. Maybe it was just that the Red Bulls weren't putting as much into it because they knew they were starting the race on the tyre. I don't know. Mm. I just thought it was weird that despite the warm-up issues, that this seemed to have pace on that tyre in qualifying in France. So I was, I was thinking that well, this think might be even worse for them in that once sense. Once you've got it up to temperature, once it's there, the pace is there. It's, it's the yeah. journey to the pace, isn't it? It's the, it's the getting the tyre yeah. into the position in a race situation, and you, you lose so much time during that warm-up period that it kills your race. That's what's killing their races at mm. the minute. So. Yeah. Um, so that's that one. What's the next storyline, someone? Uh, we sort of already alluded to it, but it, how much of a difference being one step softer on the tyres is going to make? Um, I think it depends on the team, doesn't it? I yeah, think some teams, teams will benefit will... more than others. Like I yeah, think if definitely. you've got a car that munches tyres, like I, don't, I can't really think of any that are really munching, munching tyres this year, but um, definitely there's going to be cars that are easier on the tyres, like the, uh, the Aston is a little bit easier on its tyres, I think. Um, drivers that are good at preserve tire preservation as well. Drivers like Perez, um, Verstappen, uh, sorry v- Vettel. Um, those guys, they're going to be sort of. I think they've got a more more of a chance of enjoying the next version of this race than they did. Yeah, so I think Perez could be a little bit in with a bit more of a shout. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because this wasn't even like marginally a one-stopper, was it? Like the only, the race just gone, the only cars that um, two stopped were either the ones that had to come in on lap one to get some new bits um, or Perez and Hamilton going fastest laps. So it's not like they were having to overly push. It's yeah, like maybe with a step softer, it's going to be more of a marginal one-stop, possibly most people with the two stops, which yeah, is definitely Perez territory. Yeah. And that could tighten up the front as well. That's the other thing because Mercedes will have less trouble getting the tire up to up to temperature, mm-hmm. so they're going to lose less time. Just that's just a fact. They're going to lose yeah. less time because it's going to be easier for them to get onto par. So they could be in with that. That's I think if anything's going to save Mercedes, going back to the first point, if anything's going to save them, it is going to be the the softer tires. Yeah, if it's going to make it closer, is it going to be enough to to get them to win? Well, probably not. Next week and find out, (laughs) aren't we? Yeah, and last one is uh, Williams. Do we think they might finally be able to take advantage? Because they did seem to have good pace here, George Mm -hmm. particularly. Yeah, I just hope that that Williams doesn't munch. I've not really kept track of how good the Williams is in its tyres so far this season. Um, And the, the, the cars with less downforce, like the Williams, tend to be less good on their tyres because there's a lot more moving around on... A lot more yeah, skidding, essentially. So I worry a little bit that they might lose a lot of their pace next weekend. I kind of think the same. I think this, they probably had a better shot. They put, look, going back to what you were saying earlier, Sue, they probably do need a bit of chaos and a few retirements to be running that far up this weekend would be my gut yeah. feeling. but Which is entirely possible. It is. I mean, we've had it plenty of times at this track in the past. Yeah. Um. You know what's going to happen, don't you? Is George Russell's going to pop up as random driver this weekend? <laughs> oh man! In well, we're, we're, we're about to find well, out. Yeah, let's find out. So, Should we do yeah, random driver first, just just for continuity? Go on, do it. Do, just just Should for the last. Just spice do random it up. driver first. Oh, Fix hang on, I'm up. not quite prepared. There we go. It is George. No, it's not. It's Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> oh. Ooh, that's interesting. Though. I mean, Valtteri that's Bottas. an interesting one. Ooh, right. Save that. Park that. Oh, we got, we're now going to have to think about it whilst we're going to the others. Even harder. Yeah, we'll do the rest okay. of our predictions, then we'll do it. Because we don't want to change the order that we do them, because that would mix up the system. We don't want to do that. <laughs> True, I guess it would. Okay, so let's go back to fastest in Q3. Um, I mean, even with tie differences, personally, I'm not looking past Max Verstappen. Is anybody else? <laughs> no, nah, I think I'm just going to be sensible. Maximum Verstappen. Verstappen. Yeah. Um, okay, does anyone want to dive in first with winner of the race then? Maximum Verstappen. Okay. Yeah, everyone's going Verstappen, surely. Okay, everyone is going Verstappen. Interesting. First DNF then. That's a more interesting one. Yeah. That is a more interesting one. I mean, I I think with the way that turns one and two play out, it's, it's a midfielder waiting to happen. Like, yeah. obviously... We got it this weekend. Um, we were just all like, I mean, Stu went for the, the classic Mazapan. But if you're not going for that, I think you want someone like kind of in that tight bunch yeah, towards it's your, the back. It's your sort of whoever qualifies sort of 13th down to yeah, probably 18th. They're the people that are all sort of in that mulb of that, that mulch of cars, <laughs> aren't they? So um, That absolute cluster. Of cars. Of cars, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the cluster of cars. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to stick with where I went last week because I saw a, an Alfa Romeo spin round this week and I kind of got hopeful it was Raikkonen just because <laughs> I had him in first DNF slot. So I'm just going to stick with that and just see what happens. So Raikkonen for me. I'm going to go Ocon. 
I'm also going Ocon. I've, I've oh, had him. what? I've, I've had I mean, him. I, w- I was sat there with him already. Might he's on a bit of a bad run at the minute. Um, it's a con. Um, <laughs> next, next is number of finishers. Um, eight, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Eighteen for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have to go 18 as well. I'll go That's one cute. less. So I'll have 17. Okay. Go on, quick. Then... We're very quick with the predictions. It's like quick fire this week. Yeah, we're not, no messing I mean, around this week. It's basically the same race again. Hence, my <laughs> predictions basically being the same again. She just copy pasted. <laughs> um, okay. Um, oh, we do you know what we should have to... done, actually? Go on. We should have done before that. last week's. We should have made everyone put in one set of predictions for both races. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been you fun. have to commit to two races if we get I another mean, double that header, could have been dangerous though because yeah. if it did turn out the same oh Christ yeah that would have been a lot of five out of fives that would another set of five we'll take out of fives back. yeah let's not do that the one we can't <laughs> handle it <laughs> this is the tricky um, one so yeah we come back to random driver now which is Valtteri Bottas um, I mean personally I think I mean saying he got lucky with third he's probably sounds harsh but I do think that if he's on the pace, Perez is going to beat him to that podium. And it, we might even see a, a Max Sergio Lewis kind of podium um, This yeah. and see Mr. Perez finishing ahead of Hamilton. So I'm going to put Bottas fourth behind all of that. It's the obvious logic, isn't it? Under normal circumstances, you'd expect two Red Bulls on the podium. Mm. Um, go on, Stu. Second. Second. Bold. Yeah. I mean, he does go well here, I must admit. I just don't know if he will go well enough to do that. I mean, there's there's a nice slot in the middle there, Chris, if you want it. There is, but I was thinking the same logic as you, Tom, to be honest. I'm going to stick with my gut and say fourth. Okay. I mean, at least you've got one unique decision in there, which is yeah, the we've got a few. Like, we've got a few. Th- those yeah. last few are quite different. Yeah. So, yeah, that is our predictions. Um, if you want to make yours, head to backofthegrid.com. It's always worth entering, even if you've never joined us before, because uh, as you've heard, we give out prizes for anyone who gets five of f- five out of five in a race weekend. Um, and if you're anything like me, you'll just submit the same thing as last week and hope for the best. But yeah, that is it. That is predictions. So head to backofthegrid.com, as I say, and you can join us there. A uh, couple of quick newsy bits. Um, we had the first W Series race of the season at the weekend. Do either of you have a chance to watch it? Nope. I have not, Sorry. sadly. Unbelievable. I know, I know the outcome. Uh, not to be disparaging, I'd love to have watched it. I just didn't yeah. get a chance. <laughs> Busy breeze. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good race. It was a bit clumsy. You can tell some of them haven't raced a car in something daft like 700 days, some of them were saying. like <laughs> they, wow. they literally haven't raced a car since the end of the last W Series season two years wow. ago. Um, but it was there was still some very good racing in there. Um, Alice Pell won uh, from pole, followed by Sarah Moore and Fabian Wolvend. Uh, defending champion Jamie Chadwick, I think she had some issues in qualifying. She started seventh, um, got punted on the first lap all the way down to last, and then fought back up to seventh. So not the best start wow. to her title defense, um, but good drive all the same. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was good stuff. Um, new cars look really cool. Um, they've kind of introduced sort of a team element although it's still like the cars are run by the series um they've kind of added like a bit of a team element to it as well for kind of an added layer which is kind of cool the cars just look really awesome i do think like because they're there's a few of them that are like they've got sponsors in for the team so there's like Vloche have sponsored one team puma sponsor another one but they haven't got enough sponsors for the full or like 
you know, title sponsors for the four grid. So some of them, they've just kind of made up names for them. And it reminds me of like, you know, like in the grid games where you're playing, yeah. you know, you're racing against like, I think one of them's called something like Racing X. And like, that's such a <laughs> name that Codemasters have made up. Wow. Racing um, X. It's like your first team on the on the game, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, it's good stuff though. It was, it was good racing. It's going to be a really close season by the looks of it. Um, some of the guys you'd expect to be sort of uh, in the championship fight didn't have particularly good starts to the season. So um, it's going to be quite a close one, I think. Um, another quick bit of news, Sochi. It's it's going. Sochi, get out of here. Um, they're moving the <laughs> Russian Grand Prix as of 2023 to the Agora Drive Circuit, which is not a circuit I know particularly well. No, Nowhere near St. Petersburg either, apparently. Um, but it is <laughs> supposedly St. Petersburg. But yeah, it's it's like, literally like a four-hour drive. It's like an hour and a half drive. It, away, it's near by Russia standards, but it's yeah. not particularly near. I suppose, yeah, when you look at it that way. Um, it, but like when you consider like Stansted is supposed to be, or Luton, London yeah. Airport is literally yeah. Um, <laughs> I think one of the um, important things with that circuit that probably helped with the decision is, is that it's in a place that's easy to get to for kind of your Scandinavian countries because yeah. there's always been a lot of Scandinavian F1 drivers and no circuits anywhere near them to go to. Um, that's a very elegant solution, actually, to that It problem. kind of is, yeah. yeah. Like a, a, a Finnish Grand Prix is sort of... It's going to be tricky to do. Um, there's there was talk of a Copenhagen one for a while, but that seems to have gone quiet now. But yeah, this seems to be kind of the next best thing they're going for. Um, it's uh, it's only a few years old. The circuit uh, designed by Tilka, as every circuit has to Classic. be these days. Um, four kilometers, fifteen turns. Got its Grade One certification last year. Um, from what I've seen, it looks a bit tight and twisty. I don't know how good it's going to be. Um, then again, we've got we'll have new regulation cars by then, so I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. Ultimately, it's, though, the jury's out, isn't it? The jury's most out, importantly, yeah. it isn't Sochi Autodrome, and I think that's something yeah. that we can all uh, celebrate. Do you think Big Vlad will still show up at the last lap? Of he's not race? even done that in Sochi the last couple of years. I don't think no, has, he? has he? Maybe is that's he? why they've moved it. Maybe yeah, he's had enough. Just like. Yeah. He turned up a couple of years. It's like you know, I've seen everything I need to see. Nothing. <laughs> like, nice nothing one. Else. We can go somewhere good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, last quick bit of news: uh, F2 Championship leader Guan Yuzhou is going to be making his F1 practice debut this weekend. He's going to be in Alonso's car in FP1, so we'll be interested to see how he goes. Um, nice. yeah. Despite the fact, as we said last week, there seems to be absolutely no route for Alpine young drivers to get to F1, but at least he's getting a getting a run in FP1. <laughs> yeah. Which leads us to a last bit of inbox to finish off. Is uh, keep it saying now. But stay, but stay on. Okay, first one then um, comes from Grid Finder. Um, it says, given that Science has beaten Leclerc and Alonso has beaten Ocon, it's just possible that Lando Norris is actually a lot faster than Daniel Ricciardo. Surely we can't suggest that Daniel is still getting used to the car. Ooh. It's damning assessment there. Mm. It is. We are moving into that realm of the car is no good for the driver from the realm of the drivers getting used to the car. I think. I think that. I think so. Yeah. Th- they're not a good pairing. You, you might say. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good way of putting it. Um, because it's not a bad car, and we know he's not a bad driver. But yeah. the combination of the two just doesn't seem to be 
hitting the spot, does it? Like Norris yeah. is still obviously getting great results out of it. Sainz got great results out of it last year. Um, but yeah, he's just still seems to be really struggling to gel with it. Maybe next year in a car that's going to be built more with him in mind. Yeah, um, with a completely different era formula. Yeah, things will be better. And it is, it is always going to be challenging, especially when they're basically identical to last year's cars in a, a lot of ways. Um, it's going to be a difficult thing to step into, but... Yeah, I, I thought we'd have seen more from him by this point in the season, put it that way. Daniel Ricciardo is not one second... I've said it before, I'll say it again. Daniel Ricciardo is not one second slower than Lando Norris. That's just not the case. No, there aren't many there's, drivers there's on that grid that are one second slower than any other driver on the grid, to be honest. I wonder if they've like swapped chassis or anything, or if they've tried any of that sort of stuff. I wonder if there is just like a car issue that's fundamental with that particular um, vehicle. I'd have expected if... They had done anything like that, would have probably heard about yeah. it. It usually makes a bit of news, doesn't yeah. it? Like, it I mean, seems... even even the Mercs doing similar stuff. Yeah, news. It'd be a difficult decision for them to make as well, because when Norris is going mm. as well as he is, he's basically best of the rest every race without fail at the moment. You're not going to take that chassis away from that driver when he's absolutely optimizing yeah. it, are you? So, yeah, I'd, I, I'm not convinced that I'm not 100 percent convinced that Ricardo is the problem, though. I think there's that there could be something in that car that's causing issues. I I mean, it seems weird to say, but I, I hope so. I hope that that's more what it is mm. than anything else. Because I'd hate to be a situation where it just doesn't suit him um, because that means he'll he'll never really get on par with Norris in, in that sort of logic. And I don't want it to be like him losing his edge, which I don't think it is. I just, like, I just don't want it to be either of those outcomes. I would prefer to find out there was something fundamental like just being overlooked in the chassis and like a new yeah. one sorts the problem. But yeah, that's how F1 works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it surely is. Um, Corey Zilla, zombie killer, is back saying, do you think that Mercedes are now starting to feel pressure uh, and now are slowly cracking and will fall apart like Ferrari have in the past? Or do you think this is just a bump in the road and Mercedes will bounce back at some point during this season? Hmm. Hmm. I think we've had a run of circuits that have not suited Mercedes very well, and I think we're still in that run. Yeah, right now. it's just com- that's just compounding the issue, isn't it? At that point, yeah, I think that it looks a lot worse than it is. I think right now, I think we'll know better after Silverstone. Yeah, like again after Portugal and Spain, we were like, oh man, is Hamilton about to run away with this championship? And now we're like, what? four or five races later, we're suddenly saying, oh, wow, is Verstappen about to run away with this championship? And I do think it's going to swing backwards and forwards a bit. Um, This weekend, they're probably not going to have much to fight back with. Silverstone should be better for them. Hungary tends to be good for them. Yeah, um, Red Bull. That's a Red, Red Bull, Bull good as well. Hungary, though. Hungary, though. It's true. Yeah, that's because Red Bull something. That'll, that'll be, it'll I mean, be a tight race there. I mean, out of what's coming up, you would probably say Silverstone, Spa, Monza, yeah. Sochi. Yeah. Like... Out of that, Turkey. No, now Turkey's back on the calendar again. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Mercedes will probably go. For I'm excited right. for that. I'm excited for the Turkey race. Hopefully yeah, they'll me sort too. the track out, and it'll be like a proper race this time, rather than just literally driving around on ice <laughs> and yeah. a lottery. But that's a whole different episode. We, let's not get into that. And then it's a few weeks away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just looking at this calendar, there's so much scope for things to swing backwards and forwards. I mean, let's not forget we're ending with a brand new circuit and the circuit has had big changes made to it so like yeah if it goes yeah. to the last couple of races like it's going to be so hard to predict um, so that one yep uh next up kevin cosgrave say well, 
Kevin Cosgrave says, with next year's reg changes, could a development war between Red Bull and Mercedes seriously harm the two teams next year? I'm not sure um, they would not be putting money into R&D for their cars this year. In saying that, can you see either giving up on this year's champion? I mean, well, I mean, they're not going to give up on the championship. I think they're going to be fight with a fight with what they've got for the championship, regardless of where they're. Oh yeah, they're always going to fight on track to the end. But in terms of spending, well, I mean, again, Mercedes are making it sound like they already have from a development point of view. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say the same thing that it's. I think they're giving the illusion that they have. Like, fair enough. I don't think that they'll put the full incentive into it like they would any other season. But I don't see a team like Mercedes just making do with what they've got and doing nah. nothing about it at all. Do I don't you really believe think that at all. They're not going to do like, surely, I mean, there's another side of this and the, the other, the other way of looking at it is maybe Toto is saying that to make Red Bull think that they're not developing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's mind so games they to put slow them ease. down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's psychological. But, if, if you say that and then, Red Bull think he wants Red Bull to think that they're not developing, so that they just yeah. all, all their staff will take their foot off the gas. Think, oh, like there's definitely you say something like that on a big stage. There are people in that team, in any mm. team, who are going to take comfort in that and and not maybe not quite give the one hundred and ten percent that they would otherwise. Yeah. So it's it's it's, my, it's all games, all all mind games. Man. Yeah, but then. At the same time, Mercedes know very well what happens when a team puts all their focus into a new regulation change and they don't want someone else to do a better job than them next season. Yeah. Because yeah. if there's and if anyone's going to do a better job than them on aero, it's probably going to be Red Yeah, so yeah. Mercedes are probably in a lot of ways okay with Red Bull keep putting resources into this year's car that's going to be, let's face it, completely obsolete in a few months' time. But then, like, you say that, but then if they want them to keep putting resources into this year's car, then surely they need to develop their own mm. car to keep, yeah. keep well, the this pressure thing, on. Isn't or, it? or even at least give, keep the illusion up that they are going to yeah. develop it yeah. <laughs> instead of just saying they're not bothering. Just make two two front wings and every week just turn up with a different one, just keep swapping them back and forwards. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, just another new wing, boys. F1 teams won't fall for that, Chris. Come on. Everyone's got a photograph of everybody else's front wing, rear wing, side pods, floor everything <laughs> i mean if, if ted kravitz can spot it with his naked eye then <laughs> oh ted, ted would be right well, on the f1 case. teams are going to spot it yeah. from a mile off <laughs> so uh last one then um day dennis miller says why are there no american f1 drivers i'm looking forward to miami um i'm looking forward to miami too yeah, i don't know too. why there's no american f1 drivers because they're all driving in indycar and nascar <laughs> well, that's the yeah. thing it's like they go other places don't they yeah. do, doing feeder series in europe is expensive enough without having to relocate yourself halfway across the world to do it i guess um mm. it's there's a lot of opportunity in kind of going through indycar i mean that being said like in f3 this year there's i think four american drivers um yeah Manuel carrera yeah. jack crawford uh Kalen, Frederick, and Logan Sargent um, are all in F3. Um, of those four, I'd say Logan Sargent is the one to keep an eye on. Um, he's I, he's almost certainly going to be F2 next year, I would he's imagine. Dece. He's yeah, yeah. He's, he's very quick. Look, yeah, Logan Sargent's a good one to watch. Um, but yeah, ultimately, cost is the main reason. Um, I think I think like F1, like Stefan Domenicali has made no secret of the fact that he 
very much would like to see American drivers in F1. Like Liberty Media would very much like American drivers. and Big time. <clears throat> yeah. Big time. Um, Haas have always said as soon as the opportunity comes along for the right driver, they want an American driver in the American team. So all of the... Um, the pieces are kind of there. They just need to fall into place. And I think that probably will over the next few years. Yeah, um, I think so. There's yeah. a few coming through, aren't there? There's a few lined up, but it's just, you know, competitive. It's hard. It's hard to get those Formula 1 drives. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, you've got to be on the top of your game. And and then you need a little bit of backing behind you as well. So, you know, they don't just give them away to anyone. So, yeah. Um, and is that it? Is that I all of them? I think that just about does us for this week. Yeah. Um, it's been a surprisingly packed podcast for what was not the most eventful race, but I guess a lot of that was talking about things that didn't happen in the race. <laughs> um, thanks, as always, everyone, for uh, joining us. We'll be back in a week's time to discuss the Austrian Grand Prix and yeah. not preview anything. No, that's what correct. feels like it's the, the first time in a long time. It's the only triple header of the year, in theory. Hopefully, the only triple header. We, we mm. We've got a few double double headers lined up, but they've got gaps between them. We'll see. Be a yeah. bit easier, but um, yeah, this hopefully should only be the only triple header of the year. Uh, thank you, as always, everyone for joining us. <clears throat> uh, special thanks go out to all of our lovely patrons, uh, including our team principals, who are Wesley Paul, Narayan Hamari, Mark McNeil, Justin Jantos, and Alexia Jarvis. Um, if you want to join all of those lovely people uh, on Patreon and on the Discord, just go to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid where you can um, chuck a dollar or two away and uh, get some nice rewards and access to the Discord where we chat our way through all of the live sessions and various other things. Uh, otherwise, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. Just search back of the grid and you'll find us if you want to get in touch or back of the grid.com uh, where there's a contact form and where you can also enter the predictions league. I think that's all the things. So wow. until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.